not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, Telesouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of Telesouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. Thanks a lot, a lot to you for listening on whichever station you're listening across the state of Mississippi and also on the web at supertalk.fm backslash Corinth. Thanks a lot to our sponsors, too. Uh, we couldn't do this Advisors Roundtable without you. So, Bubba, let's talk about milestone ages. Okay. And specifically what I'm pointing us toward is... Uh, Retirement, IRAs, that stuff. But let's start at about age 18. Well, I was going to say 21 because mm-hmm. 21, it's all downhill from there, yeah, right? I'm afraid so. Yeah. yeah I you think know, I started every, losing everybody my Everybody thinks, oh, you know, 21 is great. You know, you're finally legal to, mm-hmm. to not only vote, but you can buy alcohol and it's like a, a really big deal. Mm-hmm. And then you get there and it's like, huh, I don't know if it's all it's really cracked up to be. Yeah. Because I was probably already doing all those right. things. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You know, right. In this part of the world. Yeah. But uh, 18. Back up. I, I think mm. there's another uh, another age. 13. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. something about going from uh, being, a, you know, not a teenager to a teenager, yeah. I think. To Teenager's me. a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, at first, when, when you're a child... And you think you're going to become a teenager, mm-hmm. and you're really looking forward to all this. And, and right. I think it goes along with your point about 21, and, and and when you get there, it may be a letdown, all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. But you become a teenager, and um, you know, then you get acne, and you, you got all these hormones mm-hmm. raging, and and sometimes you can't control yourself. And you got a messed up grill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you got to get braces. You, yeah, you got to get yeah. the, the braces. And then you start really being conscious of yourself. And, you know, uh, you're still not free. Mm-hmm. You can't drive a, a vehicle yet. And so you, you're in this twixt and between uh, kind of funky eight. And it's, I wouldn't go back for the world. No way. You know, mm-hmm. God bless those kids who are coming through it. And if, if you ha- you're you a parent, a, a boy or girl coming through that, God bless them. There's all kind of identity stuff going on at that time. And, you know, then you do get to where you can drive and 15 and 16 become significant ages and whatever. Up until you get 18, owning something is an issue, mm-hmm. though. Let's say you get a your first job at, at age 16. You know, you're probably going to have to have parents sign for that. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to have these custodial arrangements where somebody else is looking over your shoulder and protecting you and whatever. And for some reason, a few years ago, maybe a hundred years ago, somebody decided 18's a good number. Mm-hmm. And so at 18, you can actually start putting accounts in your name. Right. And at 21, you said that, Legally, 
Um, you know, you can do a lot of, you can do everything now. You can, you can vote and serve in the military and, and, and uh, own things and, and alcohol and lots of things happen to you. Well, and, and 21 is a, uh, another specific age, and, and, and I bring this up because you're asking about milestones, mm-hmm. right? In some states, state law uh, will say that the age of majority for a minor is 18, and other states say that it's age 21. Mm-hmm. And other states, you know, it's kind of a, a combination of the two, right? Mm-hmm. If you're 18 years old, you can go open your own account. Mm-hmm. But if you've got a custodial account, it's not quite yours until you're age 21. <laughs> That's right. So you're kind of in this area of limbo, right? Yeah. Mississippi's like that, yeah. right? Yeah. At 18, you can open all the all the accounts that you want to, checking mm-hmm. accounts, investment accounts, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But if you have a custodial account, you don't technically reach the age of majority until age 21. That's right. And that's when the money becomes yours. Uh, that's right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you may be 19, 20 years old, mm-hmm. and you're thinking, you know, I didn't know that. And and also you're thinking, does mom or grandmom have one of those accounts for me they ain't right. telling me about? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You may find out about it at 21, or may they may, <laughs> in our experience, conveniently forget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And don't tell you until you're 22, 23, 24. Mm -hmm. So all of these are milestone ages in our lives. There's another milestone age, 59 and a half. Now, what does 59 and a half have to do with me and my assets? Well, so I think what happened is when they were creating this rule or this law, Mm -hmm. right, about taking distributions from a retirement plan, Mm -hmm. I think that there was some senator or some congressman somewhere (laughs) that said, hey, you know what? I'm I'm already fifty nine. You know why? Why don't we push this out six months? Yeah, yeah. let's make it fifty nine and a half. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I want access to the money a little bit before I get Social Security. Right, but not too early. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they just debated it, and they came out with this funky number mm-hmm. fifty nine and a half. Right. Make it fifty nine or make it sixty, mm-hmm. guys. But whatever, and, and probably some actuarial ran this probability of how much more money and how much more tax can be paid if we wait mm-hmm. six more months, but not don't have to wait. I don't now, know. I, and I would back up a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. I'd say that 55 might be another milestone for yeah, individuals. It is for some. Uh, because 55 for a lot of individuals is when they start getting the AARP <laughs> stuff in the mail, right? <laughs> Seems to be like, yeah. I think I started getting it when I was like 45. Okay. Because I've been getting it yeah. forever. Yeah, well, I'm not quite there yet. So. <laughs> they will wear you out. I think they kill more trees than mm-hmm. just about any other entity in the world uh, other than, you know, junk mail and, and maybe flyers. Mm-hmm. But at 59 and a half, the reason that is a significant number is that if you have a retirement account, an IRA, a 401k, a 403b, these various different uh, IRS code numbers. Um, if you take money out of it for any other reason than some exceptions, mm-hmm. and we're going to go over the list of exceptions okay. in the next segment, uh, but if you want access to any of that retirement money before uh, 59 and a half, you not only owe the tax, you owe a 10% penalty over and above. That's correct. So let's say you took $10,000 out of your IRA and you're 58 years old and you're yeah. not one of the exceptions. Right. 
then you're going to owe whatever your tax bracket is on the $10,000. Let's say that's 15%. That's 1500 bucks. Then you're going to owe another 10% because you did it before 59 and a half on the 10000 which is another 1000 That's right. That's 2500 of the $10,000 mm-hmm. that Uncle Sam's already spoken for. Right. Now, we're going to talk about some planning related to that, and I'm going to talk to you about a new private letter ruling that came out of the IRS related to some of this distribution discussion right here on the Advisors Roundtable at Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners Bubba Labus, and yours truly Greg Cooley with you right here on Super Talk Radio. And we're talking about early distributions from your IRA, uh, complicated rules and confusing rules related to that, how it works. So before we went to the break, we were talking about a proverbial $10,000 you took from your IRA before 59 and a half. And as I said, we don't know why 59 and a half was chosen, but it is the law and we're going to live by it. So you got age 59 and a half here. And my example earlier, you did it at 58. There are nine exceptions to having to pay that 10% we talked about. We talked about you having to pay the tax and whatever your tax rate is. We talked about you having to pay the 10%. So what about the 10%? Is there a way I can save it? First Mm -hmm. of all, the first exception is unreimbursed medical expenses. Mm -hmm. So let's say you didn't have any medical insurance or you had some out-of-pocket medical expenses. There's a possibility that you can take money out of your IRA to to cover those. Now, uh, there's some little rules about how you qualify for that and and when uh, those expenses had to occur. So don't just run out and grab money out of your your IRA and think you're going to cover that without understanding how that works. Also, um, you can't exceed 10% of your adjusted gross income. It, well, as I said... It's fairly uh, right. complicated. So unreimbursed medical expenses may be one of the exceptions. The other one is health insurance premiums while you're unemployed. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're unemployed and you got to pay your health insurance premiums. You want to keep the COBRA going, mm-hmm. but that stuff's expensive. Yeah, um, You may be able to take money out of your IRA to do that, but you got to qualify in certain ways. You have to have lost your job. Mm-hmm meaning that the job was eliminated by down uh, turn you can't you can't quit quit or take distributions you also can't be fired right all right now the question a lot of people out there listening are like uh how do they know Mm -hmm. if i quit or if i got fired or whatever um and you have to also have been receiving unemployment uh compensation for 12 consecutive weeks well the way they're going to know is if they audit you it, just sure. anything yeah. dealing with the IRS, you know, there are right. ways to not do things. You're just taking a chance. They're going to mm-hmm. figure it out, and they're going to find you out, and probably through an audit. Number three, a permanent disability. Uh, the IRS lets you withdraw money from your IRA without paying that 10% penalty, um, but uh, you have to be able to uh, provide proof of your disability, um, and uh, it has to be permanent, which means you probably also have had to jump through the hoops mm-hmm. of your insurance company and or the Social Security Administration. Right. Higher, ex- uh, ex- uh, higher education expenses. 
Uh, college degree is pricey, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes uh, you want to go back to school, uh, then you can take money out for a higher education. Uh, now, they have to be qualified higher education expenses, and it ha- it's only for you, your spouse, or your child. So what, what would make it a uh, qualified higher education? All right, so that is tuition, fees, books, supplies, yeah. and equipment. Um, would not include food, housing, other things associated with college, correct? Uh, room and board are also covered for students who are enrolled at least half-time. Okay. All right, so most of this is about full-time students. Right. All right. Um, if you inherit an IRA, so let's say, you know, we're always using Phil, our executive producer right. over here. Daddy, Daddy War- Warbucks. That's right. Yeah. He's going to leave uh, you and me as the beneficiary of his IRA. Yeah. And so if he left us as a beneficiary, we can make distributions and withdrawals and not have to pay a 10% penalty because it really wasn't our money in the first place. So we don't have to pay. That that presents a little bit of a quandary. Let me mm. let me throw a, a wrench into this and just ask you what this would, would equate to, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say that I'm married to an older woman, uh-huh. and this older woman passes away, mm-hmm. and uh, by the rules associated with IRAs, if I'm, I'm married, mm-hmm. then I can uh, transfer that IRA to my name right. or into my account, right? Like it belonged to you from the very beginning. Like it belonged to me from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However... Um, let's say that I'm under age 59 and a half uh-huh. and I want to take distributions from this particular account to maintain my lifestyle in whatever way that she was keeping me. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in that case, if it's transferred to my name mm-hmm. and I'm still under 59 and a half, then I've got mm-hmm. the penalty. That's exactly However, right. if I put it into an inherited mm-hmm. IRA, mm-hmm. so there's a, a moniker on that saying that it's an inherited IRA, mm-hmm. which therefore would allow you to get the money out without a penalty. Yeah, Exactly. And, you know, nobody would know that right. unless they deal with this stuff every right. day. Uh, but uh, it is a nuance of this yeah. whole thing. But, but I would say it would be important uh, if, you're, if you're dealing with IRAs, right, mm-hmm. and that's a concern of yours, talk to an advisor who knows some yeah. of these intricacies yeah. uh, that could advise you, well, hey, rather than putting this in your name, you need to do it into an inherited IRA. That's exactly right. Yeah. And... <laughs> What we find a lot is that where do people have their IRAs, their individual Mm -hmm. retirement account? First of all, most people have their IRAs because of two things. Mm -hmm. Number one, they did their taxes every year and their tax preparer said, oh, by the way, you know, Bubba, if you put $5,000 in an IRA this year, you'd save so much in tax, blah, blah, blah. And so those are called contributory IRAs. Had about 10 people so far <laughs> over the last week say, hey, I need to put money in my IRA. That's for right. That reason. Yeah. I talked to my CPA. Mm-hmm. She said, blah, blah, blah. And so that's one. It's called a contributory. The other is a rollover IRA because they have left a, a previous employer and they've rolled their retirement mm-hmm. account in into one of those IRAs. So you've got these IRAs that exist out there. Now, where do they exist? Mm-hmm. Many of them exist um, at fin- a bank, at financial banks. institutions, mm-hmm. right? So insurance many, companies, insurance companies, uh, brokerage houses, mm-hmm. uh, mutual fund companies mm-hmm. can house these and hold them. Sometimes we find that the people who will gladly take your money and open an IRA for you have no idea about the nuances and the intricacies of these rules. Sure. And so 
Daddy Warbucks dies mm -hmm. and leaves this money to you, if you get the wrong teller or wrong clerk or whatever, and they're not really interested in giving advice, or maybe they don't even know what they're supposed to say, they just know which form you need to fill out. They just slam you one form in front of your face, and you've got no idea that there may be two or three other exceptions. Sure. But you just take the one they gave you. Mm -hmm. um, it is very important when dealing with these kinds of accounts to get some decent advice. Sure. Um, so we were down through number five uh, to the exceptions here, uh, to buy, build, or rebuild a house. You can take money from your IRA, um, without having to pay the penalty to qualify. To, however, to buy, build, or rebuild or, or a house. Rebuild. Okay. A rebuild. All right. Now to qualify on the buy part, you have to be a first time home buyer. Okay. All right. And really what that means is you haven't owned a home in the previous two years. Right, right. All right? I mean, you could be, you know, 58 and this could be the seventh house you've had. But if you want to, you know, um, do this thing, you don't need to have owned a home for two years prior sure. to that. Um, and uh, if you're married, your spouse can kick in and blah, blah, blah. A lot of stuff to think about that. Here's one called substantial equal periodic payments mm -hmm. substantial equal periodic payments also known as 72t payments mm -hmm. you might wonder 72t and sepp what does all that mean right <laughs> right right so 72t is is the uh line item or the line in the irs code mm -hmm. that allows for these kind of payments so, um, and, and I've had a, a, a quite a bit of experience with this, mm. especially with retiring airline pilots over in Atlanta. Right. You know, they got to a point, and, and I don't think it's the case anymore, but they got to a point where they, they had 30 years worth of service in, and they're ready to retire and take their pension or go do something else, and they're 55 years old. They're young. And they've got, you know, a million dollars in their uh, 401k. Well, how do they access that yeah. without the penalty? Good question. So the way to do that is through equal and periodic payments. Okay. Uh, or the, the separate equal periodic payments, or right. 72T payments. All right. So um, this can get fairly in the weeds, mm -hmm. and we'll probably go into the break and come back from the break and talk about this. But it's important to know that you can do this. And... The IRS has three or four different methods of calculating how much you can take out and what qualifies as a substantially uh, mm -hmm. significant ongoing periodic mm -hmm. payment. And do you use an amortization thing? And do you use your life expectancy? And do you use 120% of some midterm number? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Right. blah. Now, I remember regurgitating all this mm -hmm. on a test one time, and I thought, man, when am I going to get past this section? Right. Just memorizing mm -hmm. all, all of that. Um, but it can be not just – you can, you can choose to do it not just over monthly amounts. Mm -hmm. uh, you could do it equally every quarter. Sure. However your budget was, you choose how to do it. So – when we come back from break, we're going to get in the weeds about how to do this. If you're under 59 and a half and you're thinking about taking a fairly significant amount out of your retirement account, a way to get uh, 
through it and not have to pay the 10% penalty uh, from the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners Cooley and Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio and the Advisors Roundtable. Um, we're discussing early IRA distributions and how to do it without penalty. And we got to this thing called the separate ongoing equal periodic payments and Bubba used this example of let's say that you're an airline pilot and you're retiring at age 55 and you've been doing this 25 or 30 years and you made pretty good money and you put everything you could in the 401k and the markets cooperated with you and your employer matched you a little and you wake up and you're 55 years old and um, you could do a little private piloting and you could take your million dollar 401k and maybe turn it into a pension, like an annuity for, for yourself. Um, and you come to see Bubba and you say, Hey, Bubba, how am I going to handle this million dollar account and not pay a 10% mm-hmm. penalty? Yep. So, how do you do it, Bubba? Well, uh, separate and equal periodic payments uh, allow you to, to set up a series of payments or a, a monthly, quarterly, annual amount that needs to come out of that account mm-hmm. um, on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And you, you're always going to pay the tax. Mm-hmm. can't get around that, mm-hmm. right? But you can get around the penalty in this, this case. So let's say it is a million-dollar account, mm-hmm. and this person's going to take $4,000 a month. Okay. Out of there. Which, in my opinion, is probably reasonable. Okay. You know, that's a 4% distribution rate, Mm -hmm. um, approximately, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, maybe a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, with that, um, typically you would have $400 worth of penalty right off the bat, right? Yeah. yeah. So you're saving $400 in penalty. You're still going to owe the tax, whatever your tax bracket may be. Yeah. But now you say they have to be equal and periodic. How long can, has this, does this period have to go? Am I locked into this forever? You are locked into this for a minimum of five years. Okay. Or until you reach age 59 and a half. Okay. Whichever one is longer. Right. So okay. if you start this at age 51, mm-hmm. right? You've got uh, basically eight and a half years that you need to continue these payments. Until you're 59 and a half. Until you're 59 and a half. And then you can stop if you want to, right? If you want to continue making your payments, Uh fine, so be it, Uh right? Uh If you start at age 57, Uh then you've got to go for a minimum of five years taking these payments. So that's longer than when I turned 59 and a half. That's correct. All right. So at 57, I'm going to have to go until I'm 62. Correct. Okay. Yep. All right. And And what happens if you don't? Oh. Right. What happens if you start these payments? Mm-hmm. Well, they're going to go back or the IRS is going to go back and they're going to calculate everything that you've withdrawn up until that point oh, and then calculate the penalty associated with that. Oh, boy. And then you're going to get a big bill mm-hmm. that you probably ought to pay. So don't do the crime, right? Right. That's Can't right. pay the time, right? Mm-hmm. So this could be an option, though. It could be. so, And I'll tell you another strategy that I've used in the past, right? Mm-hmm. It's not an all or nothing. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, uh, and, and I, I can go down another rabbit hole here in a minute, too. Mm-hmm. Um, with IRAs, uh, there's really no limit on the number of IRA accounts or account numbers that you've got. So if Phil had a million-dollar one at his employer, that's his, in his 401K. Yeah. He can only have one of those at a time. That's right. All right. 
But then once he separates service, mm -hmm. he can bust them up. That's right. So if he wanted 10 $100,000 IRAs, he could have that. Okay. What's the benefit in doing that, mm -hmm. right? Well, there are some disadvantages as well, keeping up with all the paperwork oh, and everything yeah. else. And, oh, but let's just say that he did, and, and he said, hey, you know what? I, I kind of like the idea of getting some money early and doing equal and periodic payments. Mm -hmm. Maybe I want to segregate one of my IRAs mm -hmm. and put $200,000 in it and leave $800,000 in another IRA. Okay. And then I'm going to pick on the one that has $200,000 in it. Because I don't need much to supplement my income right now. But a little bit would really help. Okay. Now, taking it out of a $200 account yeah. means that the amount... Maybe he's getting $1,000 a month. Okay. So it'd be less coming out of that. Mm -hmm. That's logical sure. than it would be if you took it out of the whole million. Right. But at least you would have an mm -hmm. account that's going to send you money every month yeah. or quarter or whatever. So... Where would that come into play? When would that be beneficial? Right. right? Well, let's say that he is 56, 57 years old. Mm -hmm. And he needs some income now, but he doesn't need a whole lot of income. Mm -hmm. um, and later on, he wants the flexibility to do something else with his IRA dollars. Gotcha. So he All could right. begin taking income on this account and then... Because he's going to be required until he's, what, 62? Mm -hmm. To take this income? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe at age 59 and a half, he wants some freedom and flexibility to do other things with his other IRA Got or it. distributions. So that was in a case where somebody did it, but they mm -hmm. didn't have to have a, a, the maximum amount they could possibly get. Right. But he needed a little money. Mm -hmm. Maybe he had some pension coming yeah. in. He, he's one of these pilots, mm -hmm. and so he's doing a little private piloting over there, and he wants you to send mm -hmm. him a few hundred dollars a month. Right. But he doesn't have to have the maximum amount that the whole million would milk to him, right? Correct. All right. Let's go on the other side of the op, uh, of the whole spectrum, and that's where I want to get to related right. to this IRS notice twenty twenty two oh six, and that is somebody that needs the most they can get. Mm -hmm. Now we told you that there were these two or three different ways that you had to calculate how much to take out of this million dollars. Right. There's the annuitization way, the amortization mm -hmm. way, the life expectancy way. And you got all of these different calculations. You take the million dollars and run an annuitization hypothetical and say, that one's going to give you $3,700 a month. And then you do the amortization thing, and that was going to give you $3,200 a month. And then you do the life expectancy, and that's going to give you $3,900 a month out of a million-dollar account. And you say... But I need more than that. Well, the IRS has come out with a, a notice, uh, 202206, just recently, that said now you can use 5% as the number. Mm -hmm. All right, now, what does 5% say to you, Bubba, if you do these kinds of calculations every year? Well, I, I would say depending on the age, right, mm -hmm. it's either a high or, or maybe an average of a distribution amount. So this is somebody in their mid-50s. They're mm -hmm. trying to get out of this 10% penalty right. here. And so at 55, 5% out of a million dollars is 50 grand a year. 50 grand a year. Which Almost means 4000 a month. We it's a little about. more than $4,000 a month. Mm -hmm. And those other calculations I just gave you were down in the $3,000. Right. Why, the, why would the IRS let you and or want you to take out more money? No. Well, they, they would let you, number one, because it's going to be taxed. Uh, like I said, everything's always going to be taxed. <laughs> you may get out of the penalty, uh -huh. now, but the IRS gets some tax money out of it. Okay. 
right. And it may well, encourage. Maybe not the IRS, the federal government. <laughs> maybe the Department of Treasury gets gets the money. Right? Yeah, the IRS yeah. is just monitoring. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So they, they, it may encourage some people in their 50s to do this sure. now that they can get more money out. Mm-hmm. They're allowed to get more money right. out. Now, at 5%, am I a little concerned that a 53 or 4 year old may stretch that amount and not have it for the rest of their life? I think that is a very high distribution rate uh, based on the age of a 50 to 55-year-old. Okay. Meaning that the fi- the, the million dollars may not last may me not in my last. lifetime. It may, but it may not. Mm. So if we're concerned about it lasting my entire lifetime, we're probably one of those people that needs to use one of these other methods right. and find a way to make it. Yep. However, if you're not concerned, Mm-mm. let's say, for instance, that you know, hey, when I turn 66 or 67, I'm getting, uh, maybe you're a high-income earner, and you're going to get a lot of money coming out of Social Security. Yeah. Uh, maybe you're married, and you're going to get uh, income coming in for your spouse's Social Security, mm-hmm. right? Maybe mm-hmm. you're, you're a lucky individual, and you've got a pension mm-hmm. that's going to start at age 65. Maybe you so work you, a little bit. Maybe you work a little bit. Maybe mm-hmm. you understand that, hey, you know, upon reaching age 65, 66, 67, mm-hmm. I'm going to have a lot of extra income coming in. Mm-hmm. And for the time being, I think I'd like to supplement my income mm-hmm. utilizing what I've saved up to this point. Right. So it may make sense for individuals uh, that are 50, 52, 55 And do 10 or 15 years of this 5% right. and then turn it off. Or understand that hey, I may I may deplete it, but I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Especially if I split it up into right. to smaller mm-hmm. IRAs. There's a lot of planning here. Yeah, there is. A lot of thought that mm-hmm. goes into it. And I need to know how much I need. Mm-hmm. Does that mean I have to do the old curse word? Use the old B word? Well, we and we've talked about this. It's not the B word. I can't it's say a, budget. No, you can't say that. It's not allowed. <laughs> A spending plan. A spending plan. Yeah. I need to know exactly how much that I need mm-hmm. in order to be able to 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 properly plan for all these income sources you said I may have. Sure. All these op, you know, I may work. I may have pension. My spouse may get Social Security in a few years. I may get Social Security in a few. Years. Uh, a lot of options. But is that going to be enough? Well, if I don't have a spending plan, right. you know, I can set all that stuff up and I get to the end of the month and you know, go, man, I think I'm $300 short. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry, dude. Right. Unless we had a spending plan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and our grandparents called them budgets, yep. though, right? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if I have a spending plan and I, and I think my way through this, is this maybe good news? This IRS notice of 2022-06 that says that now I can use 5%? So I think that anything that lends more flexibility to individuals is good news. Great point. Yeah, I I would rather have 100 different options as opposed to one option. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because if you've got more options, then you can have a better informed choice and a better informed decision is something that's going to meet your needs. Yes, exactly. Uh, as great point. Flexibility is a very good point, whether you 
got a spending plan or a budget or uh, whether you're thinking about investments. And that's kind of the thought for the day here from the Advisors Roundtable. Make sure that what you do leaves you some flexibility. Uh, we're going to go to a break here. And then when we come back, we're going to continue to talk about some nuances of IRAs on the Advisors Roundtable Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. We're talking about some nuances of planning around IRAs, and we spent most of the show today talking about the uh, ways to take money out before 59 and a half, um, where you don't have to pay this uh, 10% penalty. Uh, majority of the people, however, I have found that take distributions from their IRAs before 59 and a half don't know there are some of these penalty exceptions or they pay the penalty anyway. Mm-hmm. The majority of the people that I see that take money out of their retirement account yeah. end up paying tax and penalty. Mm-hmm. Um. Is that a lack of planning? Why would I? I think it's a lack of, of knowledge. Okay. I don't think it's necessarily a lack of, of planning. Because life happens, right? Life happens, and, you know, and yes, there there are probably a number of different ways that you could take money out of, a, of an IRA or retirement plan uh, without paying the penalty associated with it. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know how to do that, mm-hmm. then you're going to wind up paying it, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, I, I guess it could be a, a lack of planning mm. that you don't have an emergency fund to take care of some of these other issues mm. on the front end, right? Mm. But when it comes down to taking distributions from an IRA, right. I think it's more of a lack of knowledge. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think and what happens is that people end up with less than they could have. What I mean is, let's say the balance of your IRA is $10,000. Mm-hmm. And you need to replace a roof right. and your transmission's going out mm-hmm. and the baby needs braces. Yeah. And you don't have that much in mm-hmm. savings. And so you need to take out the whole thing. Well, if you don't know there's a possibility to these exceptions, you know, uh, you're going to go home or be left net with less. Right. Um, and... <laughs> Sounds to me like in that description there where there's a roof and a transmission and braces, you need every doggone dollar you can get. That's right. Um, so um, the other thing I wanted to touch on before the end of the show related to IRAs is something you brought up earlier, and that is being a beneficiary of one. Mm-hmm. All right. So in our example where Daddy Warbucks leaves us as the beneficiaries of IRA, there are really four different categories of beneficiaries of IRAs. First of all, the, the one you touched on, the spouse. Right. There's an eligible designated beneficiary, and we'll come to back, back to that and okay. talk about what that means. There are the non-eligible beneficiaries, mm-hmm. and then there's entities. Right. All right, so a spouse, we know what that is. That's somebody yeah. married to me, mm-hmm. right? All right. For whatever reason. For whatever yeah, reason. Yeah. She said yes. Yeah. And so she's, the, let's say she's the primary beneficiary of my $100,000 IRA. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
if I were to pass away and she is my primary beneficiary, she's basically got about five or six choices as to what she can do with the money. Mm -hmm. First of all, this may not be a good idea, but she can do it because it's coming to her. She can lump sum it. Sure. Now, what does that mean? means that you pay all the tax all at once, and you get your money, and you head off to Jamaica. (laughs) You just take it out, Mm -hmm. right? And if she's under 59 and a half, and she's not one of those exceptions we talked about, and she's in a decently high tax bracket, out of 100 grand, 25, 30 grand Mm -hmm. could be gone. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. But she has 70 grand in her pocket. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. That'd make for a heck of a vacation, right? <laughs> Take all my friends, right? Yeah, uh huh. <laughs> all right, so she can. Well, you know, they would have wanted it that way. Oh, I've send course. you off in style. Why, oh, of course. Yeah. So for number one, she can lump sum it. She mm-hmm. just take it all out at one time, lump sum, pay it all, pay all the taxes in one year. Do you see a number of people doing this? Where, you know, they retire from the state and they've worked there 35 years and, you know, they want to pay off their house. Dang it, Bubba. And unfortunately, I see it too often, right? Okay. Uh, What's wrong with paying off your house? But I mean, I guess nothing is wrong with paying off your house. Mm. The question is, is do you want to pay, you know, an additional 30% in tax or 20% in tax Mm. in order to do so? Mm-hmm. But I if feel you're so gonna good. do it, uh-huh. don't do it all in one year. Uh-huh. You know, look at your tax bracket, mm-hmm. take out just enough to stay under the next uh, highest uh, tax bracket, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then do it over two or three years. Okay, all right. But I want to pay it off now. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd really sleep good at night, Bubba, yeah. if I paid off my house right now. That'll get that thousand dollar a month payment off of me. That's right. Yeah. Forever. Forever. Think of how yeah. much money mm-hmm. I'll be ahead forever. Mm-hmm. But you're telling me. Until you get it off of you. Oh, I've got an extra thousand a month. I'm going to go buy a boat. (laughs) (laughs) And a four-wheeler. There it is. That's it. Yeah. Boom. Whoosh. It's gone. All right. So we can lump sum it. The other thing is that she can stretch it over a 10-year period because everybody Mm -hmm. can. We'll get that. Uh, She can stretch it over her life expectancy. Right. Now, what does that mean to a $100,000 account? She could say, hey, I want to start taking some money out. Mm-hmm. And I want to um, let Bubba calculate how much it would be over my life expectancy, right. and mm-hmm. he send me four or five hundred dollars a month. Sure, she can do that as my spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, you said also she can continue it as her own. That's right. And if she's in her fifties mm-hmm. and she's under fifty nine and a half, and she's yep. still working, mm-hmm. does that mean she has to take anything out right now? No, you don't have to. Yeah, and I would hope, my, you know, if I died and left uh, left my IRAs to my wife, that she would continue working and, and not need mm-hmm. this money. You know, hopefully you've done some other planning. You've got mm-hmm. life insurance and mm-hmm. things lined up that you don't need the money out of the mm-hmm. IRA. All right, so if she continues it as her own or as a beneficiary IRA, then she can wait 10 years or until she's 59 and a half or until she's 72. Right. Now, there are a number of considerations in that, meaning it could continue to grow. Yep. So as a spouse, she has a lot of flexibility, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of planning opportunities in there, ways to save the 10%, ways to plan around the tax bracket. Now, the other category of beneficiaries is called the eligible designated uh, beneficiary. Mm -hmm. 
Now, let me read you the list of the eligible designated beneficiaries. A minor child of the decedent, a disabled person, Mm -hmm. someone who's chronically ill, and individuals not more than 10 years younger. Okay. Individuals not more than 10 years younger. All right. So you got a child. Mm-hmm. I can understand why they give them an exception. A, a minor child. A minor child. Right. Yeah. Uh, under the age of majority in your mm-hmm. state. Yeah. Which in Mississippi is 21. 21. All right. So that child, though, all these people on this list, uh, the minor child, the disabled, the chronically ill, uh, someone who's not more than 10 years younger than me, um, we can do a whole other show about why that's in there. Right. But they have just about every one of the same options my spouse does. Mm-hmm. They can lump sum it. They can do it over 10 years. They can stretch it over their lifetime. They just can't take it on as their own. That's right. All right, and there are some reasons for that, and sometimes the really planning, good planning opportunities, as you pointed out earlier, about do you take it as your own or you have it as a beneficiary IRA for a spouse. But for a designated beneficiary, an eligible designated beneficiary, they're going to take it as a as a beneficiary right. IRA, right? Because mm-hmm. they can't take it as their own. Sure. Then you got people who aren't on that list. Mm-hmm. Are you on that list for Phil? Huh? Uh, Phil's more than 10 years older than you, right? Yeah. You're not chronically ill, you're not disabled, and you're not a minor child. Seems like that would fit me. All right, so you're a non-eligible beneficiary. Right. So when Phil leaves you his million-dollar IRA, you only can't got two options. Okay, I can take it all out at once. You, you, you can. Or I need to have it completely uh, distributed to me in 10 years. But by 10 years. Right. Yep. So if you own an IRA, you have an IRA, and you're thinking about the beneficiaries mm-hmm. and how to best help other people and, and tax brackets of various people. You know, you got a kid who's a doctor or whatever. There's a lot of planning into a designa- the designation of a beneficiary, right? Sure there is. Yeah. So we really got in the weeds related to IRAs today, but I hope that helped, especially considering the time of the year it is, as many people are doing their taxes. And we discuss these relevant issues here at the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. The discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the 
the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.